something amazing happens when a group of people come together in their walk with God. Something that is genuine and strong. Something that lasts forever. God uses friendship to bring fulfillment and blessings into our lives. It's encouraging to connect with people who share in your triumphs and who face the same struggles. Experience life together. Well, good morning, everybody. If we've never met, my name is Justin. I'm the lead pastor here at Fieldstone, and this is Bill. We will get to him in just a second, but uh, kind of a quick intro of what we're doing this morning. Um, from time to time, we like to mix it up and do what we call roots interviews. Uh, our mission here at Fieldstone is to transform family trees with the gospel, and that idea of family trees is huge for us. And so if we dig a little deeper, get to know somebody a little bit better, kind of uh, peek behind the curtain, you get down to the roots of who they are and what they've been through in life. And so uh, we just firmly believe that Jesus changes lives, and changed lives end up changing family trees. And so we want to tell those types of stories. We want to celebrate those kinds of things. And, and so we every once in a while get somebody up here from our church family, sometimes a person, sometimes a couple, and just dig a little bit, get to know them, just a, a way to get to know someone from the church, but also to encourage you with what God can do because it's already been seen in that person's life. Um, and, and in the end, ultimately challenge you to embrace the kind of truths and experiences that they've had because we believe it can mess with your life and your family as well. And so uh, this is Bill, Bill Layden. Bill, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, uh, what's your family look like? What do you do? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's good morning. Uh, Bill Layden, um, been... Um, uh, here at the church for quite some time, but just kind of the background, I'm a West Coast guy originally. Um, been married for 25 years to my loving wife, Jacqueline, down here, and her mother next to her, Carol, so it's cool they're here. And uh, we have two kids, um, Jeremiah, who's 23, going to Grand Valley State University, he'll be 24 here in a month, and uh, our daughter, uh, Caroline, uh, she just graduated from University of Finley, um, and she's in Nashville now, uh, just uh, pursuing her dreams of uh, the commercial real estate business. And uh, yeah, and I work for uh, Schwann's. I've been in food service for about 40 years. Um, yeah, that, you delivered that meal to my house the other day. <laughs> that was awesome. Appreciate that. Yeah, so 40 years in the away from home feeding side of the business. And uh, yeah, so when I got out of college on the West Coast from Long Beach State, I was I knew there was two paths I could take. Uh, one would be one of either food or the other person said, hey, you could do drugs, and I didn't really wasn't into drugs at the time, but the food was the way to go because I knew I loved to eat, so I had a little background. <laughs> what an option. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how did you, I know we've only been around six years or so, but how did you end up at Fieldstone? I know you, have, you and I have a decent backstory, but um, how did that come to be that you guys were a part of our, our ministry? Yeah, here? so we, um, Jacqueline and I and the family, we moved here in 2004 from Chicago. Well, talk a little bit about that, that story here in a minute. But um, we were at Willow Creek, and then once we left there, um, we knew and we spoke to some folks there that kind of plugged us in to Northridge, um, and uh, we started going there. And then, of course, Northridge split out uh, into Celine. We went there, and um, we always, you know, we still felt like, you know, there was something else that we were looking for. And I, I uh, on the last service, said the same thing. I'll say it again, that there was one of the services that we were at that um, I remember the day the power went off 
Justin had to scramble, wasn't ready to talk, and he got up and started talking, and it was like, I looked over at Jacqueline, and I'm like, how do we get more of this? This is what we're looking for. <laughs> and so when that whole thing kind of disbanded and Justin started, you know, obviously Fieldstone here, we knew exactly where we wanted to go. This was the family that we wanted to be a part of. And so, yeah, that's a journey. Yeah. You have good here. memories of that day. It was, <laughs> I'm glad it was fun for you. I had 30 seconds to get ready to preach. Uh, so that was one of the worst days of my life. But I'm glad that you enjoyed it. That was Yes, yes. How nice for you. Um, so, yeah, so Bill is here. Uh, Bill and Jacqueline are part of our elder team, uh, very influential and, and supportive here of what's going on. And then you also find a lot of Sundays, Bill will be on the other side of that wall with our elementary kids, which is a big deal. Yeah, I will tell you guys, your, your kids are over there on the other side of this wall. And I was just, you know, I was telling Joe a little bit during the break, I was saying, for me, that fires me up more than anything. Just, you know, and I'm like the grandpa type being over there, right, from third grade to fifth graders. But there's so much great ministry happening over there. Kids are in great hands. They're learning about God. They inspire me. And so if there's a heart to want to serve kids, there's a great place next door. And it's growing every single day. So a little plug for kids ministry that John and Christy do such a great job with. Yeah. And I've heard that there have been times where we hear the kids screaming. It's because you told them to scream <laughs> uh, and make a bunch of noise. But no, we, we love it. So, uh, so with Bill, we, we could go a lot of different directions with your story. Um, just in the season of life you've been, you've kind of been there and done that with a lot of the things that some of us are going through or will go through, whether it's family dynamics or raising kids. You've, you've had to walk that balance of like, okay, my kids are in school and they're athletes, but how do we maintain family balance and stuff like that? You've walked that road of, okay, how do we help and support our kids and yet let them live and learn a little bit too? So a lot of the things that many of us face as as husbands, wives, parents, uh, uh, Bill and Jacqueline have been there and done that. But I want to focus on two key elements of your story on the front end, your journey to faith in Jesus and how that all came about, and then also kind of what's been a vital element of your growth and maturity in your walk. So, so first, uh, give us a little bit of backstory, and I know Jacqueline plays into that a little bit, well, a lot of bit, <laughs> but f start with just a flyby of your childhood years, teen years, 20s, just kind of where you were at um, leading up to uh, an encounter with Christ. Yeah, so um, I, I grew up on, as I mentioned, I grew up on the West Coast in, in Long Beach, California, and um, <clears throat> down a little town called Belmont Shore, and so I was a beach dude. Uh, loved to surf, loved to, you know, there was one day I remember as a high school kid, we surfed in the morning, went skiing up in Big Bear in the afternoon, and um, went to college at Long Beach State University and all that, but lived, you know, pretty good, you know, you would say from a worldly standard, lived a good life, right? I did not have church in my life. There were little ripple effects along the line that I, I got connected um, People invited me to church, and so I always, you know, even as a young kid, uh, before my dad passed away as a young kid, we would go to church on Sundays, right? And, and I remember those moments, and then after he passed away, when I was a young kid at eight years old, um, I didn't have really any further church involvement from the family. Again, great family, fun people. They came in here right now, you love them, right? They're just great people, but... I didn't have, was living for the world. And, you know, it was about the job, it was about the money, about hanging out and, you know, all the cool people and all that stuff. And so that's what kind of led me along, right, up to, you know, I was about 35 years old. And, and um, 
Do you want me to go into the story about how that goes next? Or? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, okay. Jump in. Yeah. So, so it, that kind of led to a place where I knew there was emptiness, right? So, you know, I had a good job, had the money, you know, doing all this, doing that. But I had a, I had a big hole in my heart. And, and so I remember the day, it was a Sunday, I had the Chicago Tribune, again, for those people that still read newspapers um, that aren't electronic, um, I was reading the newspapers, right? And yeah. So if you're under <laughs> 35, 40, newspapers, take the internet and put it on paper, and that's, sit around reading it. Yeah. 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 It's pretty. So that's what you did, right? You didn't have a, you know, I didn't it's have a a different iPad. Time. It's a different world. <laughs> and so I'm reading the newspaper, you know, I had a rough week. You know, met some people I didn't really want to hang out with anymore. And I'm like, you know what? This is just, this is crazy. So I figured, you know, I, I was reading the paper, having a cup of coffee, and I read the, you know, the column. Let me look for a woman while I'm here. Yeah, well, yeah. I look for a woman after I got through the sports page. And so, um, so I, I, I came across the, this ad that said, you know, girl or woman looking for fun guy, likes to play golf. That's all I needed to know. That, that, was, that was the whole story for me, somebody to play golf, because I couldn't find anybody to play golf with, right, and go on a date with. So now I got, I got the deal together, right? And so I, you know, I, I pursued the ad. Um, Jacqueline and I kind of got connected on a phone call. Um, didn't talk any details about the ad itself, right? Just, hey, let's get together. Seemed to be some common interest in this. So we met downtown Chicago and um, had a great dinner, right? We're talking about things, and oh, you play golf? Yeah, I play golf, and da-da-da-da-da. About halfway through the meal, though, she says, okay, how was your walk? And I'm thinking, how was your walk? Now, today, I'm telling you what, guys, I would play that up hard. I would walk around the restaurant. I would say, my walk's pretty darn good. I'm just putting out the vibe (laughs) over here. Check out this walk. And so... So I didn't know what she meant. She got me flat-footed, and I didn't know how to answer it. And then she was like, okay, time out. Obviously, you did not read my whole ad. My ad said, I also am looking for a Christian man, right? So we started talking about that. And she said, okay, how often do you go to church? Do you go to church? Um, Oh, I go, you know, probably twice a year, maybe once a year, Christmas, Easter, if somebody invites, right? And so, yeah, I kind of go. I'm into it, right? And she's going, okay, one, one strike, you know. And then, and then the other is, obviously, I didn't know what she was talking about, about walk. And so what she said was, she said, Bill, you're a great guy, you know. I would love to be your friend, but I can't date a guy uh, that's not a believer, right? And I'm like, that's really, that's tough. But anyway, I, w- I played the game, and she said, hey, got a great church out in South Barrington, not far from your house, um, Willow Creek. And I'd love for you to go. If you're interested, go out there on a Sunday. I'm not going to go with you because I want this to be about you, not about me, right? And so the reality is, guys, I went because of her, right? I, I knew, I was like, I want to know this girl. If that's what she wants me to do, I'm all in. I'm going to church. You know, had no thought about what that meant for God, right? It was all about the girl. So, so I started going to Sundays, right? And our pastor, Bill Hybels, you guys probably heard his name in the past. He was our pastor on Sundays. Um, if Bill wasn't there, it was Lee Strobel. So case for Christ, right? You know, if I wasn't hearing Bill, I was hearing, <laughs> hearing Lee Strobel. And like, if you can't hear for those two guys talking, you're in trouble. Um, and then, you know, as I started getting a little more interested, you know, I was telling her, right, again, the boy pursuing the girl, 
Um, she goes, hey, come on a Wednesday night. Uh, it's a great little longer service, a little more in depth. And we got John Orberg on Sunday, on Wednesday nights, right? Yeah, and if so, you're not familiar with, you know, <laughs> church world, that's like a Hall of Fame. That's like ah, full tilt. Pete Rose, A-Rod, and Jeter all on our, yeah. you know, our team. That's, that's yeah. kind of what that is. Yeah. So, you know, so we're, I'm getting peppered by these three guys, right, each week. And eventually on one Sunday, and one of the things Bill always did is did salvation message at the end of his talk, you know, and he'd ask anybody who wanted to accept Christ, right? And there was a one Sunday that I was just, I, my heart was so filled at that point. I knew this was the place that I needed to go. I needed to accept Christ, and so I did. And then the journey began from there. I was baptized. Bill Hybels actually baptized me. And, and shortly thereafter, um, you know, I asked, I said, Bill, and some other people were at the church, I said, what do I need to do? You know, what's the next step, right? And they, to a guy, said, Bill, you got to get plugged into a men's small group at that point. That, that's the most vital thing that you can do because you're vulnerable right now, right? The evil one could come in and just eat, eat you alive, right? Because you're on fire right now. That's a great thing. But that fire has got to constantly be lit, and you need guys around you to hold you accountable to. So that was some of that journey. Yeah, that's awesome. And what, for you, what's been the impact? Because as you said, you weren't a horrible person, right? You're doing the business thing and the life thing, maybe some dating. And, um, you know, it's not like you were out robbing banks on the weekend. But nope. what, what was the difference in your life from, from that point on when you, when you made the decision to follow Jesus? Yeah, so like I said earlier, like, you know, my, I had an emptiness in my heart, right? I, and, and I realized after I accepted Christ, again, problems didn't go away. I can tell you guys, and you all know this, after you become a believer, it gets even tougher. But I had, the, I had the Holy Spirit in my heart to get me through those tough times and still do today. Look back on those times where, like, you know, maybe a drink, maybe the cute girl at the bar would have tried to fill that part in my heart, and that never filled it. It was Christ that I realized where that difference came in when I started following Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the way you put that. Just... There was something missing, right? Yeah. There was something in, inside of you that needed to be filled. That's, that's pretty awesome. So I, I want to switch gears. So that's kind of how you ended up uh, following Jesus. But um, it doesn't take long into a friendship with Bill for you to discover very quickly um, that he has a passion for small groups, specifically men's small groups. Bible reading, of course. Prayer, absolutely. But when you bring up men's groups, his demeanor changes a little bit, right? The tone of his voice changes just a little bit. So I, I want to talk about groups for just a few minutes you mentioned uh, you, you jumped in at Willow. What were, was the, what were those initial experiences like, um, and what impact have those environments had on your life, kind of both then and now? Yeah, so I, I was just blessed. I got in with a group of guys that were, pff, these guys were rock stars. They were way far down the road, right? And they knew, right? I was new. They could only tell I had a Bible that Jacqueline gave me that was as stiff as a board because I haven't opened it up yet. And I couldn't find, you know, no, no faster found Genesis from Revelation. And so they taught me, shepherded me along. We put tabs in my Bible, you know, start, it started getting a little more used over, over, over the time, you know, and I, I was all inspired, like, I got to read the Bible in one year, you know, and like, they're going, why? I'd rather see you, Bill, read one verse a day and let it sink into your heart and grow from that experience, right? It's about, it's about a journey. It's about a marathon. It's a relationship. It's not about a doing thing. You were, your old life used to be about doing. Now it's about a relationship and submitting every day to our Lord and Savior. And so that's the journey I took with these guys. 
And then I got into another group and another group and, you know, over time, right? And I, what I found in small group, at least for me, and I think it is for a lot of guys that get in, is that it's where life changes. I can tell you countless stories of guys who were struggling in their marriage and through, you know, it's nothing that the guys in the group did. It was about bringing Christ into our life and submitting and praying to God that come in and change our lives. And he does. I had guys that were struggling with work environment, got a new job, you know. Again, it wasn't the guys, it was Christ, but because we were in fellowship with Christ in the middle of that group, that's where lives changed. I was just talking to John down here. He just had a lady come to his small group that, that you know, accepted Christ. There's countless stories. And again, these Sunday events are, are cool, right? I mean, this is foundational. But once we leave here, what do we do, right? What do we do in the middle of the week, and how are we fueling the tank? And I believe small group is kind of what gets us there, right, to really build that up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talk a little bit about, um, uh, and this gets a little sticky because we've got a lot of different great types of groups. Um, for you, there's a difference between a couple's group and a men's it's group. Just men's yeah. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, you know, because I know you've, you've been in couples groups. I've, uh, we've got great couples groups happening. But for you, this is your passion. Why should a guy explore a men's group as compared to just just sticking with the, the couples thing? Yeah, great great question. And I, I would tell you, um, but I'll, get, I'll answer the question here in just a second. But I want to kind of take a step back. And for any guy in here that has not been a part of a small group, right, I, I can tell you what's going through your mind possibly, hey, I'm already in a couple's group. I don't, you know, I don't really need a men's group or I don't have time. Um, there's a countless number of reasons that I can't join a small group. It's tough. It's tough for guys to get in. I will also say once a guy gets in, he's, he's good forever, amen. But, but I, I would say take a chance on it, right? And what does is, what is small group look like? Okay, so it's typically an hour and a half meeting um, yeah, there's a, there's a study that goes with it. I call the study background noise to the experience because many times if a man comes into that meeting and he's hurting, the study goes out the door, right? Um, it's about bringing Christ into that guy and loving on that guy and helping him along or helping me along, right? Whatever the case may be. Um, and then if, if it's time to do the study, you do the study. So that's what you experience. You experience a relationship, and Justin's going to talk a little bit about at the end about what a group is, what it's not, so I'll, I'll let him tell that story. But I just want you to know, take a chance on it, really. Take a chance on it. And I would tell you, this church, right, God depends on the men in this. This is why I'm talking about the men, right? God depends on us to lead, and God depends upon us to lead this church, right? It's not all him. And so I believe that's the foundation and the core. If we can get men in small group. You know, I used to, I remember when I first started coming here and I would sit here Sunday after Sunday, God was just ripping at my heart going, you got to get the men, you got to get the men, right? So that's important for us. But um, and back to your question, though. Sure, yeah, anytime you're ready. <laughs> so what, you asked, like, what is it? Uh, well, I think you pretty much answered it, just that, you know, because couples groups are awesome and, and certainly wouldn't uh, detract yeah. from those. But yeah. there's just something different about it's, it's, when, it's, when you get together with, with it's guys. Different, it's different with the guys, right? I, I, I'm all in. I think women's need absolutely. You know, Jacqueline's part of a great group on Friday mornings. We have great couple groups here. Those are awesome, really awesome, right? But... I got a soft spot 
spot for the men, you know, because I believe if we can lead and stand in the gap, then that will be where life gets changed, right? That's what God calls us to do, so. Yeah, awesome. Um, so let's go back to just some of your experiences on your journey of faith. So I'm sure there's people here. I'm sure there's people maybe watching at home or listening later on on the podcast who are maybe they're exactly where you were as a, as a young man. Life's okay, but something's missing. You're searching for something more. And there's probably some who are, they're following Jesus, but they're trying to figure out where to go from here. What's, what, what do I do with this? What would you say to anyone in either of those seasons of life or seasons of yeah, it's Yeah, it's a great question, right? So there's people you'll probably know in your sphere of influence at work, maybe your families, maybe even people that come here, right, that are far from God, and we don't know when God's going to touch their heart. Like I said, it was 35, right? Justin's experience was as a teenager. I mean, we all find this path on different ways. And I used to like think about that, like, God, why didn't I get, why didn't I accept you sooner, right? Why couldn't I accept that relationship? And God told me, has told me repeatedly, that was the right time. That was the perfect time for you because guess what, Bill? Your, your experience can touch another person who wasn't 18 years old, right? That was 35 and that was living for the world and that his life was never had a, a didn't have firm foundation. Like, I can't look back even on those early years. I have one person I can look back on that said is still a friend. You know, and I can look back on now over the last few years. I got countless people in this room that are friends, that are friends of mine because of what Christ did, right? This podcast, don't give up. Give it a chance. Search the scripture. Search the heart. Get with some people here. Let them mentor you, whether it's Justin or anybody else from the men's group, and let us bring you along on that journey, right? Because that's important, right? Because this is a real deal, right? I mean, you get, we get one shot at this deal. And I would tell you, don't go by it. Search the scriptures, search, search your heart, and it will change your life. Yeah, awesome. Um, I, I want to just kind of show you what we see in the New Testament when it comes to some of this stuff. Because when it comes to getting small, when it comes to a small group, it's not like Fieldstone didn't invent it. Willow Creek didn't invent it. You know, it's, it's looked very different over the years. But if you look back at the New Testament, specifically going into the book of Acts, you got the early church. And so when Jesus uh, rose from the grave and then ascended back to heaven, roughly 120 people at that point were all in. Like, we believe this. Certainly watching someone float into the clouds helps. Uh, and yet even some of those folks doubted in that moment, right? But yeah, you got 120. And then fast forward to Acts 1 and 2 where Pentecost happens, Peter's sermon 3,000 people get saved on that day, like instant mega church. I'm sure the logistics of that were uh, fun. But then from there, it says new believers were being added daily. And, and estimates are that within a couple years, and, you know, 12 to 15,000 people were following Jesus. So what do you do with all those people? Because there are no church buildings. There's no uh, high school auditoriums to meet in. There's no movie theaters to set up shop in. Um, but, but look at what they did um, in Acts 2.46. It says, every day... They continued to meet together in the temple courts, which was a nice, big, wide-open area. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. If we go fast forward to Acts 5, Acts 5.42, very similar. It says, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. You see a similar thing in Romans 16 where uh, Paul references a house that's been meeting at a certain individual's, uh, uh, a church that's been meeting at a certain individual's house, and you see over and over, temple courts, eating in homes. Temple courts, 
meeting from house to house. And, and there's no formula, right? It doesn't give us a formula for what it's supposed to look like. And certainly, we, like other churches, are certainly trying to replicate it in a modern way. But what you see consistently is gathering for worship and teaching and then gathering for smaller group fellowship. Something larger and corporate, something smaller and intimate. And it's taken lots of shapes over the years. Some of you guys have grown up in Sunday school environments and things like that where it's very basically the same goal but a different version, right? But what we see very consistently is that spiritual health, spiritual growth, if you're trying to pursue Jesus, it always includes a balance of a larger corporate worship experience and a smaller intimate community. And so the challenge, based on what Bill has experienced very personally in his life, uh, what I've experienced, what so many of you have experienced, and what we see in Scripture is get small, right? We, we uh, you know, Bill got saved at Willow Creek, which was like 20,000 strong at one point. Uh, we're not the biggest church in the world, right? And yet, uh, you could hide here if you wanted to. Sneak in a few minutes early, or I'm sorry, a few minutes late, sneak out a few minutes early, You'll, you'll catch somebody at the door saying hi, good morning, that kind of stuff. But you could avoid relationships if you wanted to. We want more for you than that. We want this to feel like a family, like, like it's something that you can grow in and, and, and grow with. And so um, get small. Get small. Can we thank Bill uh, for his time this morning? Appreciate his willingness to share. So before we get out of here, we're, we're ending early very intentionally, and we'll do that over the next couple weeks, is because we are in the season of kind of a relaunch of our adult small groups. It happens in the fall. It'll happen again kind of late January, early February. And so we want to give you guys a chance to get plugged in or at least express interest in one of our adult groups. Many of you have been a part of them, are a part of them. That's great. You don't have to sign up again. Uh, but for those of you maybe looking to connect, we've had lots of new faces over the last year. And I know it takes some time. You're like, all right, is this a place? All right, we gotta, is this a place that we want our kids to go to? Do we want to go here? How's the music? How's the teaching? Uh, how's the AC? Uh, it's okay sometimes. Uh, but, but you're just kind of investigating the beliefs and the way we do things and all that kind of stuff. And then eventually it's like, all right, it's time, to, it's time to plug in. And so this is a great transition point to think about doing that. But when it comes to small groups, maybe it's a new thing for you. So I want to just kind of refresh you or, or show you what small groups are and a little bit of what small groups are not. <clears throat> Excuse me. So small groups are, first of all, a place to connect, right? It's so important to know and be known. Like I said, you can hide here if you wanted to. You could walk in and walk out and never really engage um, but we want more for you than that. We want you to know people. We want you to be known um, on a deeper level. Small groups are a place to protect and be protected, right? It's a crazy world out there. And so to have people that are watching your back, you're watching their back, a little bit of accountability, even just, hey, haven't seen you in a while. How you been doing? Hey, heard you guys have been sick. Just someone who knows what's going on in your life and can help you navigate those types of things. Small groups are a place to grow, right? To, to be sharpened in Scripture with other people who are attempting to head in the same direction as you in their pursuit of Christ. Such a big deal. Um, I would say this. Small groups are a great place, a great next step once you call Fieldstone home or close to it, right? And so I want to encourage you, if it's your first time here, second time here, still checking things out, no pressure to jump into this, right? This is a, this is a next step that's down the road for you. I would encourage you, Chloe mentioned Fieldstone 101, that's your first next step, right, as you kind of investigate. Because we don't want you to just jump into a small group and then be like, oh, we're just checking things out. Oh, this isn't for us. We'll see you guys later. And then you never see them again, right? It's supposed to be kind of a next level of intimacy. 
And then I would say small groups, at least at Fieldstone, are very much a conduit through which a lot of ministry happens. And so I try to get people with like passions and like interests. Like um, one example I like to use is let's say you had a huge passion for the, the homeless of Milan. Well, we are not going to start a homeless ministry. We would encourage you to maybe launch a small group that's centered around ministering to the homeless of Milan. So just kind of we funnel things through the, the idea of get small and small groups. How about some things that small groups are not, right? Small groups are not a guarantee of new best friends. Now, best friends have come out of small groups. It's certainly a, a byproduct at times. But I don't want you to think that if I sign up for a small group, these are the people I'm bringing up on, on vacation with me next summer, right? We're all just going to hang out and every Friday night, maybe, but it's not a guarantee. So this is not intended to solve all of your friendship problems. This is just a chance to connect um, and, and build from there. Small groups are not a substitute for professional help. So let's say your marriage is really struggling. Let's say you're in some serious financial difficulty or just you personally are going through some difficult things. You can certainly be encouraged in a group, be empowered in a group, have life spoken into you, have, have people pray for you and pray over you. But if you are in need of a counselor or financial assistance or things like that, um, that's not the goal of a small group. We would still encourage you get plugged in with, with a professional and get the help that you need. So that's an important one. This is a big one. You'll laugh, but it's true. Small groups are not a place to push your fringe agenda. Not a place to push your fringe agenda. That could be political. That could be business. That could be the, the, uh, the multi-level marketing scheme that you're involved in that you haven't really realized is a multi-level marketing scheme yet. You know what I'm saying? So if you have any questions, if you're not sure if your agenda is fringe, come talk to me. I'll tell you. Okay? You just... Describe what you're thinking, and I'll go anywhere from rolling my eyes to uh, casting out the demon, um, whatever's happening. Um, and then this last one's important, too. Small groups are not forever. Now, we've got some folks. Bill mentioned Jacqueline. How long has your group been going? Ten-plus years now? Are you, yeah. So she's been in a women's group that's been meeting for a decade-plus um, but that's not necessarily what you're signing up for. And so if there's any trepidation on your part of, like, I don't, I don't want to be stuck with people this is giving it a try, right? When you, when you put your name on the paper back there or fill out the form that I'm going to mention, um, you're just I think it'd be a great fit. And if you try it, great. And you get halfway through the semester. You get through the semester, you're like, these aren't our people. Awesome. We'll start over and try again, right? You're not locked in forever. You're not signing in blood. It's just a chance to give it a shot and, uh, and express some interest. So um, as I said, if you're newer to Fieldstone, don't feel rushed into this. We can always plug you in uh, later in the semester if it, if it looks like this is going to be the fit for you. Um, if you're already in an established group, you don't have to sign up again. Just let your group leader know you're in for another semester. Um, and, of course, you can always ask questions, and we'd love to, to fill in any gaps for you. So here's what we're going to do. We're ending early so that you can explore these groups and still get to Chili's early, right? So those of you who like to pack up those purses and check, put those phones out, you know, whatever, you can still do that after you stop at those tables. So we've got four high-top tables at the back of the room. They're each labeled men's groups, women's groups, kind of the couple's families vibe, and then our students. So if you've got teenagers, definitely express interest there, and, and we can get you plugged in with Joe and the group. But check them out. Uh, throw your name and info down, uh, and we'll follow up this week. And like I said, we'll just start asking questions. Hey, what are you looking for? Are there kid needs? Are you looking to get away from your kids? You, look, you know, what are you looking for? Um, and then we've also got those listed at fieldstonechurch.org slash get small. If you fill out the form that's there, as you fill it in, it'll populate with the group options. Same deal. 
just click the ones you're interested in and we'll follow up and see where we can get you pushed in in the right direction. So um, that's what we've got. And this is going to be available um, through like mid-September. So we're going to do three or four weeks of these signups and groups usually kick off kind of late September uh, ish, and then uh, and then we're off and running. So let me pray for you guys, and we'll get out of here. God, thank you for this time. Thanks for uh, Bill and Jacqueline and their example, and just uh, some of the wisdom that he shared this morning of of number one, what it means to journey with Jesus. Some of those initial days where we're asking questions and exploring, and whether we got into uh, got into the Word or got into church because of a girl or because of a move of the Holy Spirit, God, whatever it is. Um, thanks for chasing us down. Thanks for pursuing us. And from there, God, um, continue to grow us, push us, expand our hearts, expand our minds in, in the direction of you. And, and whether that's in a small group or personal study, um, God, keep reaching out for us and, and, and we'll keep chasing after you as well. Thanks for this family that you continue to form here. Uh, we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a great afternoon.